welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Hey everyone, welcome to Positively West Virginia. Each week we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you, people who love West Virginia. Our goal is to motivate and educate our listeners with these inspirational business stories. There are so many positive things happening in West Virginia business that most people never hear about. We're trying to change that with this podcast so that people know you don't have to leave West Virginia to find opportunity. It's right here. All of our guests are people who are absolutely getting it done in business in West Virginia, and I'm convinced we can all learn a lot from their experience and, the, and their stories. This week, we're going to learn about Dave Stone and his company, Stone Road Vineyard. Dave, are you ready to get down to business? I am ready for the grape escape. All right, Dave. I'm so happy to have you on our podcast to share your business story today. Dave Stone is the owner of Stone Road Vineyard, based in Elizabeth, West Virginia. Of course, that's in Wirt County, the county seat. Uh, and he's going to tell us a little bit about where his uh, his vineyard is actually located there in Wirt County. Stone Road Vineyard represents the unique union of quality grapes with tradition and also natural venting techniques. So they've got this history, they've got this traditional and natural venting technique that they they craft their wines with, we're going to learn about. Stone Road Vineyard offers a history-honored touch to their varietals and blended white and red wines. I invited Dave on the show today to talk about his company and to share his story and to give our audience some valuable insight into his business in West Virginia. Dave, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that small intro that I just gave and give us a little behind the curtain look into your company. Right. Well, uh, our business is a small vineyard located uh, just inside Wirt County off the Rockport exit of I-77, about nine miles from the county seat of Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've lived here for quite some time. Uh, I met my wife uh, in upstate New York and we moved here and have lived here since 1979. We decided that uh, Uh, When we finished our professional careers, it might be a good idea to just give something different a try. Mm -hmm. And since we were both in education, we decided, hey, let's try something in business to see how we like it. Mm -hmm. So far, it's been an interesting run. Yeah. So when did you get started, Dave? Well, we'll celebrate eight years in business, August the 1st. Uh, We planted our grapevines in 2004, and uh, we became licensed and bonded in 2011. Oh, great. That's awesome. So how did how in the heck did you leave a career, you and your wife leave careers in education, and get started in this line of work? Well, we decided that uh, business might be an interesting uh, way to look at uh, at life, seeing as a teacher mm-hmm. of 37 years. You, just, uh, you always give that away. So perhaps we could uh, share some information in a selling sense <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy meeting folks and uh, crafting some... Uh, some wines that we've always dabbled in uh, throughout the entire time we we've, we've been here. As a matter of fact, when we moved to this farm uh, in the 20th century back in 1979, we planted a few vines and we said to each other, "Someday we want to have a company, a vineyard here." And so we've accomplished that. So you you often hear you know sowing the seeds, right? But you, here you sowed vines. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so Dave, uh, first of all, how many acres is your farm? 
Well, we have a 40-acre farm. It's not all in grapes. We prefer to do our vine count by how many replants we have to okay. do. Due to frost kill, so yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we generate uh, we generate uh, a lot of product from here, and yeah. we raise about six varieties of grapes here. And uh, it's a ch- challenge to raise grapes in West Virginia. But mm-hmm. if you look at history, mm-hmm. back in the uh, 1861, 1865, West Virginia was full of um, uh, vineyards in the state, and the Confederacy actually burned them as they retreated uh, back south. Hmm. So the islands that you see on the Kanawha River, Dunbar hmm. Cellars, uh, Park, you know, yeah. all those were grapevines. And uh, there are pictures in local schools of folks sitting on, uh, grape pickers sitting on a dock with freshly picked grapes in 1861. Well, that's cool. Dave, what is your 30-second elevator pitch for Stone Road Vineyard? In other words, what is it that you tell people that you do? Well, 30-second elevator pitch would be something like, if you like handcrafted varietal wines, and if you like the homegrown touch of uh, a crafted wine that doesn't have a lot of preservative, that doesn't have a lot of any cane sugar in it, Mm -hmm. then you need to take a look at Stone Road Vineyards, because we have blends uh, that would really uh, entice your taste buds. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. I want to talk a little bit about the the varietals and the different wines that you have here in a second. But what I want to ask you now is, what is the thing that you're most excited about for your company right now? Well, you know, over time, anytime, you know, I looked up entrepreneur uh, to make sure I had it correct. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm probably two thirds, maybe the third part's enjoying the uh, massive financial gain, which hasn't really occurred yet. But instead, we've inserted the word uh, legacy to go with that. And Mm. so we're hoping to build a legacy for the future for uh, folks here, for ourselves, uh, to to just have a good understanding of what it means to be a native West Virginian, which I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of our cohesive label set. Um, I'm I'm happy uh, in that we're able to help other people as well, like people that we employ to help us in the field, um, people that do our artwork for us. Uh, I've got a great story about the uh, label artist actually went back to school and got a master's degree in, uh, in um, brand management. To, so all of this just kind of affects one another and you feed off each other and grow. So I think uh, being able to standardize how you grow grapes in West Virginia, which has changed from the 1800s mm-hmm. to today, and to have a cohesive label set and to build a legacy for the state, more than just for personal reasons, is what keeps us going each day. Yeah, that's, that is something to be excited about. And then you talk about your label set, and you sent me over uh, your tasting notes uh, prior to this interview, and I thought it was really cool because they all have, you know, Stone Road Vineyard is the name of the, of the vineyard and your company, but everything has this road theme, right? And I thought that was really cool. And one of the wines that kind of jumped out at to me was Alternate Root, which is a maple wine. Can you talk a little bit about that product? Right. Uh, anytime you talk with the other uh, wineries in the state or even outside the state, you'll talk about m- the making of wine. Wine making is a process, yeah. just like making beer or distilling uh, anything. Those are processes. So where does it stop? Do you need grapes to, to make a wine? 
uh, wine is a process. So why couldn't you make wine from other things? Mead is made from honey. Right. Um, and so why not try maple syrup? And I was sitting at a banquet with another West Virginia business, and they mentioned that when their bricks got to uh, X level, they put it in the jar. And this was maple syrup. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, the bricks on a grape musk is half that. So what could you actually do with that in terms of handcrafting a wine? Mm -hmm. And so I did. And so I've interacted with uh, a business in West Virginia, another business in West Virginia. We interacted with myself and then take it to the people who receive it very warmly. Awesome. So is it a, is it a pretty good seller for you, the alternate route? Oh, yes. All of our wines really are. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we're, we're proud of that. We're, we're mid-level. We're not the largest winery in the state of West Virginia, but we're growing fast, and we, and we like that. Yeah. So what's uh, talk talk a little bit more about some of your products that you have. And I mean, what's the uh, what are some of the big sellers and some of the things that you're really proud of? Well, we like to make uh, a white wine and blended wines as well. And uh, we have a natural rosé that we make. Um, our blends can include uh, some West Coast grapes that we include with the grapes that we grow here. That makes an interesting blend. Mm. East meets West, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, the. Uh, uh, the uh, table grapes that can sometimes be used to uh, make wine, uh, as in the Marquis grape, which is a kind of a Tom Thompson seedless 21st century version. Mm -hmm. All of those are interesting, delectable wines that uh, are really warmly received by the people in West Virginia. Very cool. So can you talk a little bit, Dave, about the geographic market that you serve? In other words, is it just West Virginia or are you shipping your product elsewhere? Well, we do ship our product legally to other places uh, using a cooperative, national cooperative called Vino Shipper. Mm -hmm. But mostly we distribute inside the state of West Virginia. And uh, the original part of our business plan included compass points throughout the state. And so although we only have 36 retailers mm -hmm. currently, that kind of matches how much we produce. Those 36 retailers um, are and compass points throughout the state. In Morgantown, for example, where you are, um, Beckley, Tamarack, uh, Lewisburg, um, uh, Eastern Panhandle, Martinsburg, Harpers Ferry, central part of the state, Somersville, uh, other places. So Charleston, we serve all of these areas. And uh, being one of the great things about being a farm winery in West Virginia is that you can self-distribute. Mm. Uh, and that's that makes it very cost-effective uh, to do that also makes it very busy. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah. I, I would think that, that that was part of our original start. And so we feel comfortable where we are, not being the largest and not being the smallest, just right, you know. Yeah, well, that sounds great. Where, um, <clears throat> like here in Morgantown, where, where, where can I find Stone Road wine? Oh, in Morgantown, it would be at Slight Indulgence. The oh, sure. The there on yeah. Collins Ferry. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll have to go check and some then, of that out, yep. Definitely. Well, we'll talk here a little bit uh, later in the show where people can actually find your your products. But that, that, mm -hmm. that just kind of popped into my mind because it sounds amazing. I want to. I want to. I definitely want to try that alternate root maple wine. That sounds incredible. So, mm -hmm. so, Dave, you were talking about it. It it, it gets busy, right? And you're self distributing, and and I, I can envision you you know pack up a van with cases of wine and, and just travel. <laughs> I mean, true story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So do you have employees? How many, how many folks work with your, with your company? We really just have a, a part-timers in the agricultural end of it. My wife and I sure. do most of the, 
of what happens in there. So um, we feel calm with that. We just take the time that's necessary to to bring the wine to the table. Mm -hmm. We don't rush. We so far have only been uh, short a time or two in being able to to provide product. And we enjoy the handcrafted approach to making wine. So it takes us um, often a year to get the wine Mm-hmm. to your t- in the bottle toward your table okay what would you say dave is, is the best thing about being in business in west virginia absolutely double underlined with uh, exclamation points the people that you meet and the networking that you can accomplish mm. being a small business in west virginia yeah. um, people in west virginia are uh they're just open and loving mm-hmm. and uh they love new things. They love to see the hands of a fellow West Virginian produce a product and they're, they receive things without, as they say, and the old timers say without airs, they look at it for what it is and they uh, taste it. They don't like it. You will know it. If they like it, you will know it twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so you, you, did you, you said you grew up in West Virginia. Where'd you grow up? I grew up uh, in South of here a little bit in Jackson County. I was okay. originally born in uh, Boone County in southern West Virginia. Yeah. And then I uh, met my wife, and we settled here in uh, Wart County, and I've been here for 40 years. Okay, awesome. So you taught there in Wart County? Is that is my understanding? Uh, actually, I taught all kinds of education. No, I never taught in Wart County. Uh, I taught for a local county school system. I also taught higher ed. I taught for the West Virginia High Technology uh consortium there in Fairmont for a while on the U.S. Department of Ed grant. I taught at uh, West Virginia University, Marshall University. So I've gone from uh, age five to age 55. Awesome. All right. Well, very cool. So Dave, one of the things that I I like to ask people, and of course our show is called Positively West Virginia, but I always like to ask about your worst business moment because I think there's a lot that we can can learn from those, those worst moments. You know, can you you know, take us to that place of your worst experience and tell us that story. <laughs> you said this was just a 30-minute show, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, um, probably the, when we first got started, because um, building a winery, because of its licensing, is kind of a field of dreams kind of thing, if you mm-hmm. recall the movie. Sure. You build it, and they will come. Mm-hmm. So any stock that you accumulated as a citizen making 200 gallons a year, you cannot bring to the table for sale. So once you're approved by the federal government, and then you're approved by the uh, West Virginia state government, and then your label set is approved, or COLID, Certificate of Label Authentication, Mm -hmm. by the federal government again, then you can bring a crop to the winery and produce the wine for sale. Mm. Now, the scary part was when Ward County was just, you know, West Virginia all over is uh, is upgrading its infrastructure, itself, uh, its projection to other people uh, in, in neighboring states and in the nation. And we were going to 911 mapping here in Ward County. Mm-hmm. And our winery was one of the first ones to ever go through permits online by the government where you file the entire documentation, 500 and some pages Hmm. online. And we completed that with our old address, which was a rural route address, you know, RR number one, box 21A. And so that was on all of our permits. And then we went to 911 uh, mapping. And so uh, you're assigned an agent, federal agent in Washington and uh, a revenuer, I guess. And, uh, I called 
my agent up one day, person signed to our license, and I said, oh, by the way, we've uh, changed our address. It's now 911 map, uh, but it, she missed the part about, but the physical location has not changed. Mm. Well, I got my phone, my cell phone, my regular phone, everything started ringing like in 10 minutes. And they said, you can't do that. You must stop and desist. And oh, they were ready to, I believe, send the you know helicopters and SWAT. <laughs> I finally oh, got my gosh. the idea that, no, no, it hasn't changed. I mean, we went from there. So I had to amend our articles of incorporation to say that we went to 911 mapping. So maybe that was bad luck. Maybe that was good luck. I don't know. I consider it good luck because we've grown since then. So our license has our uh, has our original route address and then uh, the subsequent licenses and articles show our actual 911 map address. So I guess that's progress. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. What, what was your <laughs> I one? Was worried. Dave, what was your one takeaway from that experience? Um, make sure you do your paperwork and that's for sure. And, uh, you know, follow, you know, structures structure for a reason in making wine and in following the rules to distribute the wine. So I'm okay with structure and, uh, just don't change the field on me and I'll be fine. (laughs) And and like you said, uh, the SWAT team didn't descend on you. So that was a good thing. True story. Uh, Dave, I want to take a second just to mention some of our incredible sponsors for Positively West Virginia. And they are the State Journal wvnews.com interaction media united bank and mylan it's the support we receive from these companies and organizations that allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of west virginia our guest today once again is dave stone with stone road vineyard based in wart county west virginia dave let's get back into it what's the vision that you have for for your company long term well you know, as with anything, you know, back to the definition of an entrepreneur, um, you know, I, I think if you understand what the command set of what you're trying to do, whether it's a small business or anything, and that you understand the components of leadership, the components of creativity, the com- components of critical thinking and the components of problem solving, then you move on to the situation, which in my case is making wine. Hmm. Then you control that situation as best as you can uh, with the techniques with the um, tools that you have to to, uh, to perform that task. The vision I have for us is to never sacrifice quality for the quantity to maintain and fulfill the business plan that we've begun. Which, for any new entrepreneurs on there on the uh, on the air, mm-hmm. that will change the amount of uh, time in the business plan changes. Uh, the business plan is a living document, but mm-hmm. uh, if you crafted it correctly in the first place, um, you will be three quarters true. Mm-hmm. So in the long run, what I want to see is this company to maintain a high quality, mid-level uh, distribution network of wine uh, in West Virginia to extend the envelope of uh, crafting quality wines, of experimenting with uh, types of wines that uh, that might not have been produced naturally yet mm-hmm. and to uh, continue with that to sh- to prove again to the public in the 21st century that West Virginia can be a wine producer and uh, just as it was back in the 19th century in the 1860s and uh, that's the goal for our company that's a cool vision thank you for sharing that I, I really appreciate the thought and 
And there's a couple of really great uh, lessons in there as well about your business plan. Dave, how do you attract new customers to your company? Well, we do a lot of wine and jazz festivals where we are able to meet, network with a lot of people. We've been invited to the uh, State Agricultural Fair in Lewisburg for the third year in a row, oh. thanks to the Department of Agriculture. Yeah, that's great. The Department of Agriculture has visited and uh, uh, liked what we're doing. Um, we were we uh, decided that uh, being a green green energy business was also a good idea. So we produce uh, thirty six to forty percent of all the power we use here at this this facility in the in the winery in the shop at our home mm-hmm. well, with solar power. So you oh, can cool. go online and see our pictures there. So we believe in being a good citizen and, and networking with the people of West Virginia. Awesome. Very cool. Dave, it sounds like you have a lot of things going in the right direction with your vineyard, your wine producer, and, and you've got a clear path of vision. What's one of the biggest challenges you face? Um, labor. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm coming to the tipping point in terms of, of labor and the fact that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, 65 years old. So, um, you know, I, <laughs> I could age out at any time, although the passion seems to, uh, override the aches and pains these days. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see, That's we'll great. see what happens with that. Um, I take one day at a time. I thank the Lord for that day. Mm. And, uh, I go from there. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you would give to young business owners or entrepreneurs as, as we were talking in West Virginia? What's one piece of advice you would give them? Uh, they're thinking well, about starting up something. Do it, because if you have a clear outline of what you want to do, make sure that, that, that the passion is there, because you have to have it for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Don't just think, I can make a million dollars making wine, because I haven't yet. But um, there is, if you have a passion for what you're doing, and you understand the, the work, the motivation, and the drive that's necessary to get there, and you understand what the components are, to uh, to manipulate that set are in other words knowing all the parts of creativity all the parts of problem solving all the parts of critical thinking then you can craft a business plan and uh make sure you have your closest folks wife significant other whatever that might Mm -hmm. be on board with this before you start Mm. and then always consider others and helping others as you go through this and uh, you will achieve what you want to do. Hmm. Dave, what's one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success? Um, well, <laughs> I do pray at every meal. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. Um, also, I like to talk with people and I listen. I think listening is very important. Hmm. I think you gain a lot of information um, I listen to my wife a lot. Uh, as we're discussing <laughs> that's, that's key plans. right there. <laughs> that's key. Um, I listen to uh, the folks that work in the field with me. I listen to other winemakers, and uh, uh, we have a relationship, too. So mm. I think listening is a large part of it. Listen as much as you talk. Mm, I like that. You, know, you talked a, a little bit ago uh, when I was asking you about vision. You mentioned uh, leadership. What's a, what's a, a a key trait do you think uh, exemplifies or makes a good leader? I think you need to recognize what the two types of leadership are. Um, you can be a task leader or you can be a maintenance leader. And if you're fired up with a passion and you want to do something with small business, being a task leader isn't so hard. You can bring people on board and get it started. But once you get it started, you either need to have or be a maintenance leader. 
where you're the guy that's getting up at 6 a.m. and you're working until 1 before the podcast interview, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You have to either have someone in line that can be that maintenance leader or you need to also wear that hat. So Mm -hmm. understand the two different kinds of leadership. That's very interesting. I appreciate your perspective on that. I'm going to flip the question on you and, and ask, what do you think is key to being an effective follower? Effective follower is a person that does listen, who builds on what is already out in play, whatever the situation set is. The person will build on that. Oh, we're short on bottles. Could we do it this way? Or, oh, we need to think of a name for a uh, new type of wine that we're making. We're also coming out with a coffee wine and a West Virginia port and also a sherry, which many people are going to be surprised when they taste. Hmm. And so when you sit down to think of, of, of the label, for, for example, engage all those components of creativity to come up with the, um, the, the name of the sherry, Mountain Mama Sherry, or Four-Way Stop, West Virginia Port, hmm. or Animals at Play, West Virginia Coffee Wine, in a collaboration with Black Dog Coffee in Shepherdstown. Oh, how cool is that? That's great. I love hearing the collaboration. I think I saw Black Dog Coffee at the State Fair last year in Lewisburg. Yes, you uh, did. That's a neat company down there, too. That's really cool. Yes. Well, I want to uh, also t- touch base on, you know, you mentioned the Department of Agriculture in West Virginia, and I, I feel like they get a lot of um, a lot of kudos on the show because I talk with uh, entrepreneurs every every week, and some of them are in the food and beverage production Um How's, how does that, um, what's your take on that, I guess, is, you know, with, well, with the, the, the Department of Agriculture? Do you have a good relationship with them? We do. And uh, I, I'm not sure as, in terms of, as much in terms of technical data as it just is uh, awareness and the ability to assist us in networking. Yeah. Um, just like the you collaboration know, we, you talked about with, with Black Dog. Absolutely. And getting together with the folks and you know, we've, we've had folks visit here, and uh, I've, I've actually been asked to to share data about how to grow grapes in West Virginia, which is a complete topic by itself. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of holding on that one uh, to, to see what happens because it is extremely difficult to grow grapes in West Virginia, and if you can't achieve that, mm. um, you're you're uh, you're one you're one step forward. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Now, your topography there in Work County, uh, you guys are, 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 is the farm near the near the river there? Or? No, we're actually eight air miles from the Ohio River. We're at eleven hundred and sixty feet here. Okay, so the river's about six fifty. Right. So we're we're high up in terms of the area. I mean, here you can see uh, the corner of Jackson, Work, and okay. Wood counties. Cool. So height is good. We're on a spur of a ridge called Limestone ridge cool. which is uh kind of a mix of lime and clay if you can envision that mm-hmm. <laughs> so while not well draining it does have lime characteristics and often all we have to add is calcium uh to the vines in terms of a foliar nutrient so mm-hmm. that's kind of nice yeah definitely what's one resource that you use in your business that you just can't live, live without uh in the field probably uh vinesmith which is a collaborative company in uh, Virginia, hmm. um, uh, which has a lot of interesting data on uh, uh, vi- vineyard management in terms of fungicide, herbicide, insecticide applications. I've been 
very fortunate and blessed by them. Um, also, uh, uh, Helena Chemical and Withville, we use all organic research marketing institute approved sprays hmm. and they pointed me in the direction of, uh, for instance, uh, a, uh, a spray for birds instead of netting when the grapes uh, enter for on and are starting to ripen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cut our labor costs tremendously uh, and m- makes us want to add more grapes. So I think uh, that would be one thing. And then uh, in terms of personalities, uh, my wife's support would be very uh, far up there. Yeah, and, uh, that's great. Yeah. So those would be the two things. Awesome. What's one book you would recommend for aspiring business owners, entrepreneurs? For what do you think? For you mean for the wine business or for just yeah, entrepreneurship? Whatever, whatever, you, whatever comes to mind. Well, if it were if it were for wine, I would recommend uh, a 2009 work by Richard Mendelson uh, entitled "From Demon to Darling: A Legal History of Wine in America." Hmm. And it's a hard read. It's uh, written by an Oxford scholar, uh, but it's got a wealth of information from the wine business perspective from the revolution clear through till 2009 Mm -hmm. and the reference list is uh exhaustive Hmm. and uh very i've read it so many times as far as being a general entrepreneur you know the oldies are sometimes the best and i think when you just even if it doesn't apply to what you're doing read something by a visionary such as bill gates the road ahead or some of, of, of the works of of highly successful entrepreneurs. Um, there's a book about entrepreneurship DNA, which I haven't read, but I know it's out there. It talks about the four kinds of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and how your DNA actually affects that. So mm-hmm. I haven't read that. It is on my to-read list, but those are the two I would recommend. Yeah, awesome. And I uh, just a, a note to you, Dave, and as well as our listeners out there on our resources page of PositivelyWV.com, we have every book that's been recommended by every one of our guests for the last year and a half on there, and you can just click and buy it right on Amazon if you're if you if you're so inclined. So appreciate you sharing that, Dave. Are you uh, is is your Stone Road Vineyard is it open to the public? Can people come for tours? What tell us a little yes. bit about that? It is open for that. Uh, you should call us first. We're, um, you can go to any of our digital feeds and request a tasting and to come and taste, and we'll show you uh, our humble operation and, and how it works. The reason we ask for the call is not because we have, quote, heirs, end quote, in the West Virginia sense, mm-hmm. but that we need to make sure that we're here, that we're not distributing, that we're not at a festival, that we're not doing a process that you really can't have a lot of people in and out for. But sure. we're very accommodating. Give us a call. You'll be very surprised how quickly we can meet up and you can see what we have. That's awesome. How, how can our listeners and, and readers of the, the podcast learn more about your company and get in touch with you, Dave? Well, on the Internet, it's a good way. Um, uh, StoneRoadVineyard.com. Also, Facebook, Stone Road Vineyard. Uh, also, we do Twitter and Instagram, and we've been doing that for like eight years. So you can see uh, an accumulation of history uh, of what we've been at here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And we'll put links to all that in the show notes. Uh, Dave, okay. uh, as we wind up our time here on Positively West Virginia, is there anything that I uh, neglected to ask you about or anything that, uh, of, of value that uh, the, the listener might, might uh, want to know? Mm, I can't think of anything right now. Um, I hmm. would compliment you and this endeavor hmm. in terms of being able to bring West Virginians even more together in terms of networking and uh, 
and, and showcasing the state because oh, sure. it's been talked about for a long time. And I think this method and others that we're seeing actually getting her done. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Well, Dave, it's been an honor to have you on Positively West Virginia today. I, I love what you're doing. I think it's a really cool story. I love the fact that, you know, after years of success in the classroom, uh, educating, you and your wife have gone out and started this vineyard. And it sounds like you're taking a real intellectual approach to it and uh, therefore are seeing this great success. So what you're doing is great. Keep it up. Well, we appreciate that. I appreciate you inviting us on the show, yeah. and God bless. God bless you too, Dave. I appreciate you. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by The State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories and companies and people doing amazing things all across West Virginia, just like Dave Stone and Stowed Road Vineyard in Wirt County, West Virginia, our hope is that we in some way inspire and motivate our audience by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. If you or someone you know of would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And of course, we appreciate your comments and encouragement as well. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 